Cy Payton, Morven's classic. Ticket sales are real good at the moment. We almost double ticket sales. Yeah. So it's going to be an e-bike downhill race, smash up. No, it's not a guitar, is it? It's a bicycle. Yeah. The Dragon Downhill Days. Turner Tommy Misser replica. Late ride, these two, Pin TV. Oh no. Father versus son. Who's your money on? He's got extra experience. You no, know, I've never done drugs. Haven't you? No. Get lost. No, 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 everyone says that. Paying you a compliment. I'll, I'll take it. Hey guys, welcome to our next episode of the Pin TV Tweaks podcast. Here from Tweaks in Wrexham. And we've got another guest, a very good old mate of mine, Cy Payton. How are you doing? Yeah, well, I'm good, thanks, boys. So, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, I'm sure if you're some kind of mountain biker, you'll have heard of the Morvan's Classic. It was going in the old days, in the 90s. We did it then, and Cy brought it back. Uh, if you want to know about Cy and sort of how he built up to the Morvans and doing it, we have done a previous podcast with him, so just check that out. If uh, They're only on Spotify, you'll be able to have a look on there. So, for now... Let's just have a chat and get into it, eh? There you go. How but, are you? Thank you, boys. Yeah, great to be here. Nice trip up. Yeah. Nice and su uh, sunny in Wales today. Yeah. It's been it's sunny all weekend. In the studio. Well, yeah, we're indoors. Great studio. It's great to come here and um, sit with you and Todd. And um, yeah, it's a bit different from uh, in your kitchen. Well, not kitchen, in your lounge. Last oh, time we met. Uh, yeah. So. so last time we did this... With uh, with Cy was like in my like he says in my lounge. It was very unprofessional setup, um, and you were. Was that pre last Morvans or was it after? I can't really remember. I think it was before the last one because you were kind of promoting. It was uh, it was early twenty twenty two. That mm. was I came with my brother uh, Oliver. Uh, yeah, and we sat down and uh, yeah. Your good lady cooked us dinner. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and, uh, yeah we... Uh... So tell us about what sort of... What we're looking at for this year with the Malverns. What's different? What is going to be there? How many trainers, etc. And all, all the races. Wow, okay. How long have we got? Lots of time. Plenty of time. Okay, so... I suppose the overview is the Malverns Classic, uh, UK's biggest mountain bike festival. Um, Ticket sales are real good at the moment. We almost double ticket sales. So, wow. Um, what are you on at the moment? Um, almost 4,000 at the moment wow. to date. So, uh, in fact, I didn't look. Last time I looked was Friday, so I bet we're over that now because we're on 3,900 odd. So, yeah, ticket sales are going really well. Um, so, expect 7,000 plus mountain bikers there. Um, we have uh, about 100 trade stands, so quite a few new ones. Mm. A couple have dropped out because the old bike scene's struggling. The yeah, industry. we're going to get into that in a bit. Oh, yeah, so. the, struggling yeah. in a few areas there. Um, got people like Matt Jones come in. That's, that's great to have him along. Great YouTube star. Um, Sam Pilgrim's, he said he's come in, but yeah. we just going to just wait for the, the final confirmation, see what he's up Matt to. Matt Jones, is that Jono's brother? I don't think I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah, you might have heard of him. Quite funny, actually, last year there was a guy posting pictures on Facebook saying, yeah, it was great to meet Matt Jones at the Malverns and he was there with Jono. <laughs> so Jono gets it you know, all the time. You know what Deeks and all his mates call Jono, don't you? No. They call him MJB, Matt Jones' brother. <laughs> <laughs> Just right, eyes. Bless him. Jono's, Jono's like made his place now yeah, like, yeah. over the last yeah, couple yeah, of years. Yeah, love Jono. He's such, such a nice lad. He's so fun, yeah. Mm. I mean, I met those guys at, I'm going to say probably Chick Sands when they were about 12, 13, mm. racing four cross. I think I took him over the triple. Did you? Yeah. I think I did, yeah, yeah. They, uh, they, Matt, J uh, Jono Jones was at my race two weeks ago, that Western bike event. Yeah. Um, with, how much did you beat by? 
Pardon? And I beat Claim him. to fame. Beat him. Beat Ch- No, did I beat John or was it? No, it was... No, you beat John Did I? Yeah. It was obviously fucking about because he's much better. I don't know. seen his videos from a... Yeah, he was like crashing. He does crash that, doesn't he? Yeah, and that was a really crashy course. I, I'd, It was mash-up. I'd done seven runs yeah. before I put a clean run in. John is the only person who watched like a POV event and it's like he enjoys crashing every time. Yeah. He crashes all the time and he's pissing himself as soon as he crashes. Mm. Like he buzzes off that. Oh, he does crash a lot, doesn't he? But yeah, I, yeah, I love them both, to be fair. And mm. then and their mum, Julia. Yeah. Hi, Julia. Oh, I actually call her Mrs. Jones. She keeps saying, call me Julia, but there you go. So what have we got in store? So we've got those boys coming. Hopefully Sam Pilgrim's coming along. Uh, Hans Ray as well should be there. So we've we've got... Let's run it down. Thursday, we've got the Pump Track Challenge. Thursday Thursday evening in the main arena. That's uh, that's always a good one. Friday, we've got the Jewel Cycling, Jewel Slalom National Championship. So wow. um, that should be a good one. Too. Any any digging going on this year, or have you we got can't. to leave it? It's it's natural England. He's, uh, you can't. We it. can't do anything yeah. there uh, no. on the hillside. They, they even tell us off for cutting the grass. At the wrong time of year. Wow. Yeah, it's 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 very like it's it's not a triple SI site of scientific special scientific interest. It's just sort of natural beauty mm. place. So you can't go digging, you know, stuff. I mean, somebody said to me, you know, can't, you're going to build a four cross course. I was like, well, no, because that's going to cost about seventy five to a hundred grand. Yeah. You know, there's no budget to do that, and we can't go tearing up the hillside. It's a beautiful deer park with a nice big castle over the road, and it's yeah, it's proper Middle England. Yeah, quite posh. What possibly? Uh, so Friday we got the um, Dual Style and National Champs and we got an e-bike race as well. Yeah. So it's going to be an e-bike downhill race, smash-up. So no one's ever done an e-bike downhill race. How does UK. that work with batteries? What have we got to do, turn it off or is it just... No, do what you know. You can you can race your e-bike. It's not a British brick cycling event, so it's under our insurance, our event insurance. So you can do as many laps as you want and your fastest lap will count over... Like how are hours. you now? I've got alarm bells in my head straight away there, and I'll tell you what it is. How are you going to police chip bikes? Chip bikes can get you can't, can you? It's so hard, you can, and you can't. You just need someone with a speed gun, and they're not expensive, standing on a bit where they'd be pedaling over everybody, be over the motor speed. And if yeah. you can hear that motor going, that's a chip bike. Simple as that. Can we get you as a scrutineer then? Yeah, I'll do it. We'd like to. I, I've been speaking to Rich Butters from uh, Race Co Cycles. He's kind of an expert, I yeah. think, on this. Uh, but it's, I know, like with the specialising that, you could. I could look at your bike now, and you could get round the corner and get your phone yeah. out and change the app and go. You know, put it on full boost. Oh my power. god! I found some stuff out lately about chipping those specialised. Apparently, there's a chip they can put in them that when they lie the bike down, it turns it off. I don't know how true that is. So that you could literally, if someone caught scrutiny, go, yeah, hang on, put the bike down, and then the, the, the bloke could pick it up and it's not chipped anymore until you sort of set it again, or you can press the back button, uh, or the walk, hold I know, the I know about the walk down, one, but and then you got the ones... Um, surely if it's like a... you lie it down. Well, apparently, when you, you crash, crash it, you go, it, well, when you crash it, you have to turn it back on again. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that till about a week ago. There's loads of little crafty things. So, yeah, I'm not a fan of e-bike racing downhill. Yeah. Enduro, yes. Downhill, well, no, even with enduro, it's not my thing. It's not for me. That's my yeah, opinion. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather race a normal bike. Uh, to be honest. Don't call it an acoustic bike. If it's downhill, bike. then I'd say, yeah, normal yeah. bike myself. You call it an acoustic bike, I'll, I'll 
I want to punch you in the face. It doesn't make a guitar noise. No, it's not a guitar, is it? It's a bicycle. Yeah. You fucking pedal it, yeah? Yeah. It's yeah, a bicycle. Yeah. It's a bike. You're That's a bike a, or an e-bike. An e-bike or a yeah. bike. That's what you let's, let's. How many names can you come up with that the people have got? TikTok's one. TikTok bike. I've heard that yeah. one. Uh, Acoustic analog Amish. Amish? Yeah, Amish bike. Pedal bike. Yeah. I think the best name for them which actually sums them up more than anything, is push bike. Because when you're at the races and the e-bikes are going up the real steep bikes, anyone on a regular bike is pushing, pushing them. Bike. So let's just call them push bikes. Push bike. Push that's bike. what we used to call them when we were kids. And you push bike. Yeah. There we go. So that's we have got an e-bike race on Friday yeah. evening. Hi, guys. We're going to interrupt this with one of them advert things. Are you one of them weird people who wears boxer shorts or washes? Well, we've got some products to show you. These are the Grizzly Wears underwear made out of bamboo with special groin support. They are guaranteed to win you more races if you wear them. I did one race where I didn't wear them and I didn't win. So that is pure proof. Also, they make soap. All different flavours if you were to eat it, but I wouldn't advise eating it. Smell lovely. These are cruelty-free, SLS-free, uh, palm oil-free and vegetable-based. And they're much better than having like shower gel in some crappy single-use plastic. Check them out. We've got an affiliate code in the show notes or in the links or description below. And it's Grizzly Wears. Also, every morning we have the Balanced Bike World Championships. Yeah. Presented by Pink Bike. Um, so we have that. That's awesome for two to five-year-old kids in age groups. So that, that's every morning. Then every afternoon we replicate that with uh, the Rippers racing four to 11-year-olds. So Friday's Quad Eliminator. Saturday is, dual sl is Slalom. Sunday is Downhill. Yeah. Saturday we've got the Schwalbe Downhill. So nice little downhill race there for everyone. It's it's all entry level at the Morvans. There's nothing. There's no mm. big jumps or drops there. It is an entry level uh, racing that goes on there. It's more the. It's just it's like a, the best social racing and riding there and and just being there. It shits and giggles. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. Uh, in a controlled format. Yeah. But if you want to do your first ever race, you know. It is hard to turn up at somewhere like the Mall, uh, uh, somewhere, somewhere like the Pierce Cycles, or even like the Style Cup races, mm. which are brilliant. There's still really good riders there. Yeah, the, yeah. the courses can be technical. You know, if you just want to start getting your foot in the door and doing a race, then the Malverns is probably one of the only, well, it is the only event, I think, where there's proper entry level yeah. racing. The courses, you know, anyone can ride down in, in some yeah. respects. So. Well, we, we raced um, we raced yesterday at the. It was a Welsh Enduro at Llanvufflin and, you know, Buds' races. And yeah. that was, like, amazing trails, really gnarly, um, very technical. And you had to be at definitely a certain level to be able yeah. to get down without pushing bits. And, the, and Buds was telling me there was a group of lads turned up and from down south, and they usually do the pedal hounds. And uh, they were like... They were like, well, it can't oh. be that much different. And they went and saw Buds after, like, that was mental. <laughs> they were like, we were pushing down bits. And, yeah, it's so different, isn't it? When you get into Wales. It's a, it's a different thing, isn't it? But, you know. We, we but could... yours is a family thing. You couldn't send people down that sort of stuff. No, no. We, you'd, you'd kill them. We don't want to do that, you know. Um, not and... like the, the dragging down old days. Yes. When a course was a course, when you yeah. rode down it. And, you know, that's Mountain Ash. I'm going to say... 
I think I went to Mountain Ash because you got second there. Said, yeah, second match there. Second. I, I was probably first. Or I'd have been third. Yeah, yeah. Third. We were so close, weren't we? But, Didn't you study it once on... Um, Roots and rain, our results, and we were like within seconds of each other. Over about 50, 60 rate. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I remember going to Mount, I'm sure it was Mountain Ash. I'm going to have to gig. Go on, Carl. Okay, we're going to enjoy. Just quickly say uh, Todd has had like horrible cough for the last couple of days. Is that why I'm sat by him? Yeah, we think it's hay fever actually. And um, so he had hardly any sleep the night before the race. Come on, don't die. Come on. Sit down, young man. Just what, dude, don't worry about it. If you feel like you're going to cough, just walk off and cough, okay? <laughs> we, should be the, we should be the ones coughing and splitting. I know, yeah. yeah. Young man, young man. 12 years old. So yeah, yeah. Just left junior school. Mm. But yeah, dragging downhill, Mountain Ash. I'm, I'm sure um, there was a section on there. I mean, you get around the corner in practice, first Saturday morning, first run, you get round the third corner and there'd be 50 people stood at the side of the track you'd be like what's that what's what's happened that was like a tweed yeah and yeah. you would be like oh shit yeah it'd just be like roots like this sticking at me yeah and uh i remember scott beaumont was there and he went he went so you were the fastest through that section through those uh through the uh, all the ruts and the roots and everything he like, he's a builder isn't he scott beaumont <laughs> is he a builder no no sorry scott yeah, go on. He said, you're the fastest through there. I went, I got off and ran. He went, yeah, everyone else fell off. Yeah, yeah. I got off and ran. And that's, I'm embarrassed to say that, but that's what I did because nobody could stay yeah, up. There was bits of those dragons that were pretty much unrideable, weren't they? But they were great. I've got a good story from one of the dragons. I think it might have been Mountain Ash. There was like a rock shoot, straight rock shoot. And it was like, you took your life into your hands when you did it. You just like let go and hoped. And I had, remember the Crotone downhill helmet? At the oh, time, horrible looking. Yeah, you had a yellow one. Is it yellow? I had the yellow one, and I decided it was going to be gold. So I painted it gold at home with an aerosol. Yeah, and I didn't even know the rules about you're not meant to paint a polycarbonate helmet because it, it damages the structure of it. Yeah, and I came off on that. It was this was the first weekend of having it. I came off on that rock section over the bars and split it in half. Okay, <laughs> now I got a photo at home of me with the helmet in like two bits in my hand. Yeah. Oh, harsh lesson, but got away with it. What bike were you riding there? I was probably on my Kona Turner. Yeah. Turner Tommy Missa replica. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was you have, you have it nicked? There's 50 of them in the world. Did you have it nicked? No. I had it nicked at the Forest of Dean, and it was so rare, and there was me and Stu, he got his Saracen nicked, and we found mine... He never got his back. We found mine around the corner without the shock. They'd nicked the shock and left the, the shock, bike there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a really good shock, that, that was. That was a mint bike. <laughs> Did you like it? <laughs> yeah. I remember, didn't you leave it to a fence? To yeah, change to a fence? Stupid, yeah, we know. I mean, you're like me. We're sort of quite on it with the security now, um, which we'll get around to something about that as well in a minute. I also... While we're on about this, um, entertainment, tell us about entertainment. I was told... Let, let, me, finish, let me finish about the Morvers. Go on, then. So, so Saturday was downhill. Saturday evening, we've got the fa world famous uh, lake ride. Yeah. Uh, so that's going down oh. on the Saturday evening. I think evening. I need to do that this year. I haven't done that yet. Let's get you entered on that. Okay, yeah. I would say I'd do it with you, but I'm going to commentate, so uh, I can't... That's my get out of jail. I might do it as really expensive and do it on my e-bike. <laughs> That'd be an interesting <laughs> one. So that's on Saturday. Sunday, we've got British Cycling's uh, four cross national champs. Yeah. 
So great for anyone that wants to do the dual slalom. Brilliant for them to come along and do the uh, the, the ball cross and national jumps. We used to call it the quad eliminator. Yeah. Um, and the story actually is history lesson for you now. Did you know where four cross was invented? What was that? Marvellous, wasn't it? Graham Foot will tell you it started at Kiss. So in the modern day age of four yeah, cross racing, yeah. he's right in that respect. So Jay Hardy used to run the Marvellous originally back in the day, 89 to 99. Uh, the Jewel Salon was obviously, was, I mean, it was full. It was ramped up and they got too many entries and more everyone wanted to enter. And he was like, instead of just racing two down the track, four. let's just race four. And, and the Jewel Salon back, it, it did change. I mean, you, well, it was the... I remember doing the Reebok Dual Eliminator. Yeah. And it'd be two at a time down the mm. course. It wasn't too... They did do a separate dual slalom around, the, around the, the poles. So, yeah, so that's it. So that's where it started. So Quad Eliminator um, for this year, we're calling it the... It, well, it is. It's the Four Cross National Champs. So a few people have questioned that, but look back at the, those old Sprung videos, Will yeah. Longdon and people like that coming around the corners, and it's, it's, it's carnage because yeah. no one can race on flat grass corners. Yeah. Because no one's got any knowledge or experience of that the I think tyre choices are very much key on that as well isn't it Scott Benwright in the dual slalom last year bone dry he rode spike tyres yeah and won yeah I mean cut cut down spikes everyone's going to go you say cut down spikes everyone sort of panics and goes oh, I've just spent 80 quid on a tyre why would I cut it down but a shorter spike you know it's like a football uh, stud you know you want it short yeah. So that it just really digs in. If you keep it long, then it, it wobbles around, yeah. you know, and, and, you, and you lose that sort of feeling. So, yeah, could be some spike cut down tyres mm. for the win. Um, and then we've also got the Enduro as well, four stages on that. One of them is pretty tasty, actually. Steep, that short was the, steep one from the Obelisk down. The one that uh, I don't, I, obviously, I've hardly told anyone about this. This would be the one that I beat Ratboy on last year. I think you might mention that once or twice to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hold on, well, he was on an e-bike. Yeah, I was as well. Oh, right. He's yeah. back. back. Coughing more back. water. So Sunday, Sunday, talking about the night out, Sunday morning, Bryceland came up to me and he went, I was like, you right? He was like, oh. he said, I'm in the e-bike race. I was like, yeah. So can I swap it to, um, I'm in the enduro, can I swap it from a normal bike, yeah, a push bike, can I swap it from a push bike to an e-bike because I ain't going to get round. Yeah. And it's like, he's, he's a Cannondale-sponsored rider, Cannondale, GT, CSG, same company. I was like, yeah, that's fine. So uh, you may well have beat him. Yeah. He was... He was, wouldn't have been parting as hard as him. He was time. hanging. Yeah. He was in a right old mess. What, whilst that's a really good segue, actually, what's the situation with GT and the sponsoring of Malvern's for this year? So interesting. So not everyone knows this. So CSG, Cycling Sports Group, own GT... Schwinn, Mongoose, and Cannondale, and some other brands. They actually uh, own those brands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's the same. That. It's all the same company. Wow. So now uh, Pon. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what that stands for. Pon, based out of the Netherlands, somewhere like that. So they've bought CSG. Right. And then they've got two. Um, so and they also own Santa Cruz and a load of other. And I never know which other brands I should know, but so that's why brand. you see like Santa Cruz and GT in the same sort of areas now when you know when they're showing the bikes. Bikes, at yes. Events. So it gets complicated. So stiff, uh, not well. You got Jungle Distribution. Yeah. Okay, and then you've got Stiff, which is a bike shop. Right. So Jungle Distribution, Jungle Distribution. So did Jungle own Stiff? No. 
Right. I don't really know what's the... I don't know what the full relationship with Stiff and Young or this. They've yeah. got something to do with each other. I don't actually know. Nothing to do with me. Um, so what's happened now is so CSG based in Paul Dorset. Um, they've still got some of the GT stuff down there. But G so Pan has decided that GT is going to be the premium brand. Now, a lot of people thought it was going to be Canada. Right. Uh, but it's not. It's GT. So there's going to be a lot of investment in GT over the next few years and, and lift it up as like a premium brand, a bit mm -hmm. like Santa Cruz. So therefore, it's gone to Jungle. So Jungle Distribution now look after Santa Cruz and GT. Right. God. So it gets a bit complicated. So luckily, I went straight to America and went... Because the guys from America, GT, came to the Morvers and absolutely loved it. Yeah. The, the two head guys there were like, oh, man, this is this is awesome. Um, so that's what happened. They they came and, and uh, obviously I had the details. And and through very good friend Clive Gosling at CSG, through the guys at Jungle, it was like, yeah, let's speak to America directly, which benefits me as a race organiser and event organiser. You know, you might as well get to the top the top people and sign yeah, sign the yeah. deal with them. And yeah, so we we you know there's there's long longevity there with GT. So it should be the GT bicycles Morvan's classic for the next so long so long. We interrupt this podcast to bring you an emergency message from Lean Greens. This is their superfood supplement, which has all the greens you need to get you through the day in one scoop that doesn't really taste like much. We also have from them a load of nutrient supplement type thingies. We've got here, we've got the good fats, which is like the oils, and we have the juicy C or juicy, that's your vitamin C, and finally Amber Boost, and they do lots of other supplements too. Check out the description in YouTube and also check out the show notes for our affiliate code for all this stuff from Lean Greens. Take it and feel happy. So when I was there um, last year at the Nightlife Amazing, um, Leroy Thornhill, he's coming back. One of my, the coolest things last year is I got to meet him, shook his hand. Uh, <coughs> for those who don't know, he's like, part of the prodigy back in the day and I told him about I was an ex-raver and I used to go to Shelley's and all that and he was like no way I can't believe it and you know I used to go to Entropy and then when I was telling him all these things his eyes lit up because obviously they were there they were wrestling for a while yeah, yeah. weren't they doing stuff but that was that was one of the best nights I probably ever had you were like you were like without chemicals as well like the old days you were you were quite timid you're like can, can I can I get on the stage? Can I come up on the oh, stage? Get on the and I was stage. like, yeah, come on, come on, come on. Hey, come Andy, up. On we were there at the back, like that, yeah. some shapes. Oh, and uh, uh, and uh, yeah. Rich Vickery. Yeah. You, you, sometimes you see him naked running around. Yeah. Um, he's a he's a proper old school yeah, raver. Yeah. We're not old yeah. school ravers. He's a, he's yeah. a proper old school yeah. raver. I was like 91 uh, on. He was like 80s. Wasn't he? I bet you he was at Castle Morton. Yeah. Which is only around the corner from them all. Wow. Look it up, kids. Castle Morton was the biggest rave in the world ever back in 1980. Eight, eight, seven, eight, eight, six, seven, eight, eight, seven, yeah. eight, eight, nine. Yeah. And they stayed for about five days at Castle Morton, didn't wow. they? And caused, caused havoc. I didn't go, but I was <laughs> not quite that in that scene there. Well, yeah. So you, Shades of Rhythm as well? So we've got Shades of Rhythm, Old School Ravers, uh, MC uh, Trio there. I mean, they were blinding on Saturday mm. night. They, they really engaged with the crowd and get the crowd up and running. Uh, then we've also, on Saturday night... Did try and book him before, and then they kind of let me down. But let's not talk about that. Yeah. Uh, the Rat Pack, old school yeah, ravers. Yeah. Uh, I think they're just going to lift. They're just going to take the roof off. I remember the them. They used to do a lot of the Coventry raves and that. Uh, Eclipse. Yeah. Eclipse. Yeah. Yeah. He's like that. He's like, 
What yeah, are they going like, on about? No, I you don't know. know. These kids, you ain't got a clue. Uh, to you be honest, Todd, I'm glad you don't know about Raven. No, They're not interested. We, 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 yeah, do we'd be in prison still now if there was GoPros and cameras. yeah, God, yeah, so stuff, stuff that we didn't do. Yeah. Back in the day. So we've got that. But then it's not all about the rave. Don't get me wrong. We've got some great cover bands as well. You know, a lot of Britpop sort of stuff going on. We've got um, some funk DJs. We've got Doddy from um, GMBN Tech. He's going to be DJing. Uh, And then up on the hill, we've got the Red Bull trucks uh, by the bomb hole. And we've got a couple of... um, Got Milo, didn't Milo, Milo Eustace, uh, Hippie Rich's son. I love Milo. So so there's a few sort of guys like that. Simon Chef, um, uh, (laughs) K-Rad. Kevin Radical. Kevin Radical. Is he one of Sheffield? Is he Sheffield like yeah, Petey yeah. and all them? Yeah, like, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's, yeah he's, I know. he's amazing, right? Uh, like just to even just to talk to, right? So K Rad's coming as well. He'll bring the party. So yeah, we got on the bomb holes. So keeping yeah. the crowds entertained on on Saturday and Sunday as well. So certainly is a great night out. And it, you know what? It all finishes at midnight, twelve o'clock. Lights out, go to bed, see you in the morning. So we don't want it going on till four in the morning. It's not a crazy rave where, I mean, you know, we've all had a beer Mm. and stuff, but it's it's not crazy like it was back in the day. Yeah. No chaos. No big screen this year? No big screen, no. Um, So we... We've always I actually don't think you need it yourself. We've always tried... Well, luckily, or unluckily, whatever you want to call it... um, it's an interesting discussion because the World Champs was on last year, the but same it was weekend. On during the downer, wasn't it? It was on the. I think without that, you'll get more people watching the racing. Yeah, because it was on Saturday, and obviously sometimes the race, the downer racing is on a Sunday, and it always depends if there's a cross country. Mm. I never know when it's going to be on. Yeah. Uh, and this year, there's a. I'm saying it's Andorra, but I have struggled because obviously before uh, with Red Bull. Um, Red Bull obviously allowed us to show it on the big screen. So now it's with Discovery Channel and yeah. Eurosport. And it's all Geo. got very corporate. It's, it's all got a bit more corporate. And, mm. and I'll be honest, it's, it's, it's 15 plus grand to hire that screen. I needed a seven and a half grand deposit paid before December. And I was like, I don't know whether I can show wow. it. Wow. I can't I get an official that's answer. worth that, that truck with the screen. It's going to be worth so much money. It, it's, it probably costs quid? No. I don't know, I've never bought one. Those lorries have got to be a couple of hundred grand. It'd be a few hundred grand, wouldn't it, with yeah. that big screen? So yeah. so unfortunately, no big screen, but I don't think that's a massive, massive loss. Yeah. So, but yeah, but besides that, all the stuff's going on as well. We've got a free pump track. We've got Hands Raid Trials area. Basically, a load of pallets and a load of planks all yeah. being repainted and putting sand on and stuff like that. Uh, we got the airbag as well. And of course, the great thing with the Mulvans is all the courses are open. Yeah. To ride, so you you could watch the Jewel Stylem on Friday night and go, wow, that was awesome. Can we ride that tomorrow, lads? You can ride that Saturday and Sunday. Get your helmets on. We got medics. We got marshals. Yeah. Knock yourselves out. Brilliant. Not not literally. I'm just going to interrupt this quickly because um, just to let you know, we have got a bit of a competition. We brought a bit of swag with us, and we're going to give that away. This is for YouTube only. Unfortunately, not on Spotify because this is video on youtube and then we've got it's video also video and audio on spotify but we're just doing the competition on youtube and uh it'll be like your best comment wins so that'll be a bit later on just to just to keep people uh buzzing on it yeah yeah um because the entertainment this really interested me the other day and this was a bit of a curveball my mate through that i'd never even thought about and uh, my friend Coiny, who lives in Sheffield, and he goes, yeah, we're coming. He says, oh, I'm doing this and that. And he says, 
and my missus and all her mates are coming. And I was like, well, they're not bikers. Oh, he goes, no. He says, you want to see the price of it compared to like other festivals and what you've got on for entertainment? He says, they're coming just for that. And they're not even mountain bikers. And I was like, God, I never even thought about that, really. It's I actually sell quite a lot of tickets to people that aren't mountain bikers. Yeah. That are like, we're looking for something to do August Bank Holiday weekend. We camp, we caravan. And, you know, they're like a bit of a party. Yeah. And they're like, it's 100 quid to come to the Morvans. Yeah. And it costs them more than that to go to a campsite. So yeah. you can come Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. You can get three three nights there. Uh, for 100 quid each mm. uh, and you've got your entertainment okay yeah they're into bikes a little bit or the kids are or the mates are but there's this we we do quite well uh, the, the, the 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 good lady sold a puppy the other day uh, she, her dog had some puppies and, yeah. and the couple that bought him and I was like they look like outdoor pets she ride bikes yeah yeah he's got a frog bike he's got an island bike I was like oh we do this oh you know what we're looking for something to do August back oh, on well, there you go and they were like 100 quid and they were like that's cheap Probably you talk to mountain bikers. Yeah, they think it's expensive because racing's kind of free in a way. Like, well, the actual camping and that. I need to say this to every bike shop owner out there. When someone buys a bike off you that's like seven grand, right? You have to say to them, when you go to Canic Chase or the Forest Inn, you do have to pay the five quid, six, seven, yeah, eight quid yeah. to park. Don't just go and park on the, the yeah, lay-by. Like they They're terrible. The land yeah. is really bad for that. And I, I know not all the money goes to the trails. I know that. But it's like... Yeah, and oh what well, I gotta pay X amount of money to ride my bike and to race my bike, and it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. like the amount of people that turn up at places like Chick Sands or whatever, and they try and like swerve the entrance mm. so they don't, they come in the back entrance so they don't have to pay, and it's like, when you buy a seven whatever grand bike you buy, you should still be paying to yeah. ride. It's not just well, I've bought yeah. this bike now. It's like there's always somebody who's put some work into something, and it's they've had to be paid. That's the yeah. thing, or they're just even their time yeah. and effort, you know. And it's like, you know, you get to the golf course, you know, you've got to pay. Yeah. You know, you ride your bike somewhere, sometimes you do have to pay. Most of the time you don't. You yeah. get to the local woods, you don't have to pay, but yeah, come on, play the game and, and pay where you have to. So if you want to look at the Morvans, just at this point, I'll just get this out there. Um, either Google Morvans Classic or you can look at. Um, just look up Morvans on Instagram, on Facebook. It's not hard to find, is it? And the date is? August Bank Holiday, so last weekend of August, 24th to the 27th. So Thursday, you turn up Thursday, 1 o'clock. I will kick you out Sunday night at 6 o'clock. We're going to be there uh, with, um, actually, I think this year, Ride Southern Spain. I've got a 6 by 3 so a big easy up. So we're sort of doing a joint venture with them. Uh, we're going to have some merch for sale, aren't we? And yeah. we're going to be doing, we haven't even talked about what races yet, have we? But I'd like to do as many as possible. What are you thinking of, Todd? I definitely want to do the Enduro. Yeah. I think we should do both do the late ride. I think father and son on the late ride. That'd be hell. That'd be hell. Is that a yes? Are we going to put your yeah. Yeah. shake on it? No. Good luck. Still deal. Late ride. These two. Pin TV. Oh, no. Father versus son. Who's your money on? I don't know. Mm. You weren't very good riding along that curb at Canic Chase about four years ago. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. I remember I that. There. We did a car park challenge. You had to ride along. There was a, just yeah. a freestanding curb that was probably 20 foot long. You've got too much of a good memory. And uh, I, I only remember when I beat you. Yeah. <laughs> Never remember yeah. when you beat me. Um, I'm going to put my money on Todd. Yeah, I probably will as well, <laughs> to be honest. I, I, I raced this weekend and he... 
It's the only time in, what, a year that I've beaten him, and it's because he had a big crash on the last stage. There you go. So how old are you now? 16. 16. You're 52. Yeah. Same age as me. He's got extra experience. And the difference, <laughs> the difference in him to me when I was 16 is absolutely massive. You know, when I was 16, I'm just, like, lunatic. Well, talk about massive. I just, I haven't seen you for since the Malvern. Is that right? Uh, I'd say so, something like that. And I walked in, obviously your hair's, something's gone wrong God, with his hair. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, who's this, who's that? Like, I saw you get out of the van, I didn't know who it was. Yeah. Is he six foot one? Yeah. yeah. You must have grown like, a lot in the last year. Not really. I was probably yeah, about. Yeah, there was a time about six months ago where he just shot up in about three months. Yeah, because I grew like two inches in three months. Start, something ridiculous. Start of, yeah. 11, I was like five foot seven, five foot eight. How, how tall are you compared to the rest of the kids in your class? Pretty average. Yeah, they're all massive. All these mates, all these mountain bikers, they're all like over six. No, actually, a lot. No, nah, my, col my college course, like, I'm one of the tallest, but there's a few like my height. Oh, I was the second smallest. Yeah. In, in, <laughs> in the year. Yeah. But there you go. So that, he's he's desperately eating and eating and getting all his protein shakes and this that and the other to try and get to eighty kilograms. What are you now? Seventy two. Yeah. And I'm going the other way and doing all the intermittent fasting, the ice baths, all the fitness, trying to get down. Um, I've lost seven, I think, kilos. I'm now just under eighty. Wow. That's and, impressive. Uh, at once, at some point, we're going to meet up. And I'll look skinny and be like near dead. <laughs> yeah, and you're like a beefcake. So when did you first beat him? Uh, uh race. Oh, that's that's actually I don't know. Well, that's a roots and rains. So I get it no, up. Fast, we get but... it up. Oh, well, didn't yeah. we do it as a vlog? No, and we I... did a vlog when it was the Hopton Pierce was on and yeah. we just went and rode. If I said a fair was... race where you both didn't have a mechanical or yeah. crap. And where an e-bike didn't make a big difference as well. Yeah, that's the yeah. problem. There's always on an e-bike. Because yeah. I'll be honest, you you were always shit at jumping. Yeah, I'm getting better. There was in this track this I saw you fall off when you went to Spain. And <laughs> you were shit. No, I didn't know I was... I went on the wrong... Wrong take it's off. A great video and, clip that is. Yeah. Like, you're right, Dad. You're right. Oh, Dad, you're okay. Yeah. You're okay. Yeah, I was right. very lucky. I didn't go. To he sounded worried. First time. Biggie, that was. He was worried. Other than like, Dad, Dad crashed the mini DH at Heart Hill. The Tweed Love Enjoy Row. You were following me round. So yeah. What was that? The mini mini downhill. At, um, so the proper at Heart Hill. Yeah. Oh, you got. What did he get? Did he get second? Who won that one? I don't know. Was it you? But no, I didn't. <laughs> I thought you'd won it, but so in the second, I was winning on the first run. The second run, you got to the last corner and you crashed. Ah, that's right. Yeah, and they were all filming me. And then you thought I'd, you thought, oh, he's fucking won again, the bastard. And I got to the third or fourth corner and my tire exploded. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the yeah. Back tire. Yeah. Um, obviously, I was like shrub in the corners, like. A yeah. And uh, it, it proper exploded, the proper bang, you know, you yeah. know, I thought my legs had fell off and I was like, you know, someone had thrown a grenade in. Mm. So I wobbled to the finish line. Because I thought, fuck, he's beat me now. Because he's gone, he'll live yeah. gone faster on his second run. Because it? it dried out, didn't it? And I think I won it on my first run time. Yeah, well, I would, yeah, I won yeah. it on my first run time. Well, Always a close battle with this man. Always a very close battle. 2021, 
high bike mini enduro at I think you beat Casus. me before. Okay, uh, so yeah, because I said this will be the race where you'll beat me because it was all jumps and, and flowy berms. Oh. Every race. Is that when he, he got Steve Liggins to show him over the first jump? Might have been. At Casus, you went off the start and there was a double start. Yeah, yeah. It, was about, it wasn't a massive double, but it was, it was quite big. It was quite yeah. big and it was at the start, wasn't it? You didn't get much of a There were some decent it. doubles at this race we did... Um, just the Welsh, and I, I got all them pretty much, except for one into the field, and I was quite chuffed with that, because the last year I went and did it last year, I wouldn't do them, I was a bit scared still. And they've been made bigger since. Yeah. Definitely bigger since the last one. I, I went and had some coaching on jumps with um, Ian from Firecrest. Yeah. And he does that thing where he films you. I highly recommend Firecrest if anyone wants any coaching. So he films you. Uh, and you're on the iPad, and then he'll sort of, he's got this app where he plays it back and he shows you, and he'll go right here and he'll just scroll it forwards, and you, you can see your body weight. And I was like this, like hanging off the back, yeah, yeah. really low, typical sort of defensive move. He's like, stand up, stand up more, keep your legs straighter. So, what I try and do, unless I come to a huge jump and I'm scared and I just automatically go back to that defensive, I try and stand up straight, more central, and then as I hit the lip, I'll almost like preload the bike, but just with my feet. Yeah. Sort of like that and sort of flick it. And, and then when I do it properly, it's like, oh, that's how you jump. But it, yeah, it's um, it's when it gets steep and scary that you go into that natural off the back position that like a lot of us old schoolers do. And I think the reason the old school down others do that is because back in the day, the bikes were so short that was the only way you could stop going over the bars, wasn't it? Yeah, because your stem was about 300 mil long. Yeah, no, yeah. You know, we were riding 100 mil stems, yeah, they were, they were this big. Don't you have a look at some of them old videos like Sprung and you see everyone crashing those yeah. tiny little bikes and you think, I bet if they had longer bikes like today, they wouldn't have had that crash. I actually had a coaching lesson with Ian Warby as well. He's great, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, a while back, it's 10 yeah. years ago, but uh, yeah, I highly recommend Mm. Get yourself a coach, yeah. yeah. And just spend all your money on titanium parts yeah, or yeah. carbon rims or whatever. Faster, is it? No. Go and see a coach. You buy a set of golf clubs, what do you do? Yeah. You get a golf lesson. Mm. The greatest thing I think to do is get some bike lessons. What was your... I remember you did... I listened to your podcast with um, Downtime and he always yeah. asks those standard questions at the end. What was your answer to that? Uh, doesn't he ask something like, if you've got 150 quid, what would you spend it on? Right at the end. Do you remember what you answered? I can't. I didn't say cocaine, did I? <laughs> I don't know, but that was a really... Well, you know, I've never done drugs. Haven't you? No. Get lost. No, 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 everyone says that. Really? People that I meet and go, if there's anyone in that club, it was you. I used to see you. Like, You're a happy in go front, in, front of the, in front of the speakers, or I'd be on top of the speakers. Yeah. You know, and there'd be about 20 speakers just stacked up. Yeah. Weren't even secured. They'd, if they ever just toppled over and they'd have killed everyone in the crowd. And I'd be like, no. And they'd be like, no, what? And I was like, no, two bottles of case cider. Yeah. 8.4%. Eight, 8. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. I used to, I used to put a bit, but remember Scrumpy Jack? Yeah. yeah. A bit of black there. No, I never did drugs. I was never, never, ever. It makes me any drugs. really happy and quite proud the fact that I look at him and think, you know, when I was 16, I'd, I was so wild in those days, I'd have done and taken anything that anyone had shown me. And he's like, no interest in it. At you don't even like drinking, do you? I think oh, I've yeah. seen him drunk about, not even drunk, just like tipsy probably three yeah. times in your life. Is that Would that be right? Around you, yeah. Oh, right. Okay. You don't vape, do you? But you've never, 
I'd, I'd probably give him a slap if he vaped. I'd slap him if he vaped. Yeah. Well, I don't get vaping at all. Though. No. no. Why do they do? I don't understand it. And what I the thing with vaping, I don't get is how people say it's safe. Yeah. Do you no remember when we were kids? Um, how these people would get like big time lung issues when they lived in damp flats, and it's exactly the same thing. You're breathing in damp, like fluid. It's not for me. So how can it be good for you? It's not for me. Might take you up though. It's a bit of a racing hobby. Yeah. <laughs> bit of vape, bit of vape. Yeah, what I'm trying to say is he's he because he's into biking and that's his love. Yeah. He's just not interested. You know, I didn't have anything at that age. He sent me fifty cc scooter that spent most of his time off road because I bloody seized it all the time. But the... Did you do that? Did you do the, the, the whole 50cc thing no, doing was, and drove no. big bores on them no that. I was a skateboarder oh yeah you were weren't you? I was yeah. uh, giving it large around town oh yeah but it was good back then was great because like there was no security guards there was no CCTV so imagine your town centre on a Sunday yeah there was no, so no shops were open the only place you could get food or drink was either like Pizza Hut yeah. or the train station. And debate Smith's in the train station. The whole town, every town in the whole of the UK was closed. There'd just be the, the tramps yeah. and the skaters and a load of dodgy graffiti guys or, I have to be careful what I say, guys walking around town trying to tax you. I... That's <laughs> something you just say. Get mugged all the time. I'll try and get mugged all the time. You're burning them, aren't you? That's oh, a different rough, thing. Yeah, something you just said, I haven't heard for years, and that's calling homeless person a tramp. I think not. No, because you don't really hear that anymore. You're not supposed to say it at the mug. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> they are tramps, aren't they? That's the... But yeah, you'd say that's, that's, that's all it'd be. But yeah, though, the life was amazing then. Yeah. You had the run of town. It was your playground. Well, I told him about what we used to do, not on Sundays. This was on Saturdays. We used to go when I was, well, younger than him, actually, 14, 15, um, in the 80s. We used to, me and my mate, a couple of, well, I think it was just two of us, just go to Hamley. Um, up, you know, Stoke. Stoke, yeah, yeah, yeah. And with a ghetto and like a load of cardboard oh, and go and find yeah. bits in town and we'd be practicing body popping and break dancing. If I saw someone doing that now, I'd be like, what an idiot. Imagine if someone had a video of you doing that now. Oh, God, I'd be so I wish ashamed. someone did. And I wasn't even good at it. <laughs> in your zucchini tracksuit top. Yeah. I had, throwing I had, some shapes. I had Sergio, Sergio, Sergio Tacchini. Tacchini, is it? Tacchini. Ski jacket. Oh, right. And you had the shell suits as well. But all the trainers we used to wear, they'd be like, they're super cool now, like Air Jordans and all that kind of thing. Uh, British Knights. BK Knights, yeah. Yeah, bloody hell. They'd be worth some money now, those ones, if we still had them. Troop trainers. Yeah, bloody hell. Then you get a blaster playing at... Um... Oh, it'd be... Electro. Sonic. Electro albums. All the ele me and my mate had all the Electros. They're worth a fortune. Electro now. one, two, yeah. three, four. Yeah. I haven't got a clue. This is like this is a start of like hip hop and all that sort of stuff. Reculture and yeah. just it was great. It's the good old days, wasn't it? So anyway, run us through what sort of things you get up to in winter. I know you're a bit like me, you're a bit more conscious of your health now, but that must take a bit of a dive with Mulvans because it must take up so much of your time. I am so busy. I put weight on in, in the next the next four months. I'll probably get out on the bike once a week. Yeah. Uh, 
and then I have to be a bit careful I don't fall off and spanner myself. So, yeah. Yeah, winter's good, but winter's been terrible, hasn't it? The weather's been it's cold. Been the longest winter. And it feels like summer arrived like last week. Like this weekend. Like, but then that's today. It's shit again, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So um I go down the gym quite a lot. Mm. I'll do like four days down the gym. I ride a gravel bike a lot. Do you? Yeah. And um I, I know I shouldn't do this because I'm writing checks that I, I can't cash. Um, I love zipping into town in Birmingham and I'll do like a big lap round town, like round five ways island, mm. which is death. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I need to get killed about 10 times. Yeah. Um, you know, our friendly taxi drivers just don't look, uh, or the bus drivers. But yeah, it's all the white van. No one looks. You're on a bike. It's yeah. in Birmingham. No one rides bikes in Birmingham. Do you know what I mean? It's like, but yeah, so I, I actually, the thrill of that is amazing. Yeah. Like it's like racing four cross. Crossed with like MMA fighting. Yeah, it's just it's just it's the best of both worlds. It gives me like a really good adrenaline rush when I've nearly died a few times, and yeah, you because know, like you just the gravel bikes flat out. Yeah, and you can lean in. It's got a bit of grip on the tires, and then I'll I'll come home along the canal and just chill out. Have you ever thought about any uh, you know say MMA? You ever thought about like jujitsu or anything like? No, that? No, I'd get killed. No, you wouldn't. You... I would. I would. No. No, I used to. You're, do you're the same height, and you could be the same build as Joe Rogan. He's black belt. It's true. I was the youngest in the West Midlands at the age of six in judo, kendo, karate, and aikido. To I was something like an orange belt. Oh yeah. Yeah, I used to do um, displays with my brother in kendo. Oh, wow. With, you know, with the masks yeah, and stuff yeah. and the uh, the bamboo things like that. Yeah. So I, I always learned to fall. That's why. Yeah. I was, that's why I was uh, never got hurt skateboarding sort of thing. Or a bike. I, I I did the um, Thai boxing, kickboxing and Thai boxing. Oh yeah, with yeah. Me for a bit, didn't I? He he came with me for a bit, no. and he was he was getting to the point where I thought he could be good. He was very natural, yeah. had really good like technique and jab cross and all that. And I had to stop because of this arthritis in my elbow. Because if uh, it's hard to show on video, but that's if I go that, it's. Like, you can't really see, but can you see how far that one goes in compared to that one? Oh, he doesn't do that? Yeah, and then straightening. That's as straight as I can get it. It's all so, day to that, Jim. But that's your guard arm. So if you're trying to punch me, that's the one that's getting hit all the time. So I can't... I went... When I got the arthritis, I went and did Thai boxing the one time, started up again, yeah. and I was in so much pain. I went to the doctors and were like, you've got arthritis, stop doing that. You're going to really hurt yourself. Yeah. And I was gutted because... I wanted to see him do well in it. You know, I did it for years and did all like my belts and f I fought once, but never again. <laughs> that was scary. I was in Birmingham. You know where the Burger Boys, the area where the Burger Boys is? Yep. That was where it was. And, it was, the, and the Johnson Crew. Oh, mate, it was so, in Aston. So rough around there. Yeah, yeah. I'd, um, I would be about 2003 or four. I also went to Thailand and did like a little bit out there. And I, then the bloke said, do you want to do a fight? And I'd done it for years. Yes. And I was like, mm, yeah, all right then. And I thought, I'll do it just to say. And I wasn't, I'm not going to say now, I wasn't very good at it. I was all right. I was more of a, like a, when I fought, it was more like a brawl. <laughs> and they said, oh, it's a, uh, this working working man's club in, I think it was Aston. They yeah. said, it's where the Burger Boys, which is like the gang's, Naughty. Yeah, and Naughty. I went there, and it was still before the smoking ban as well. So I went in this working man's club, and mate, it was so rough. And there was like people smoke. It stunk. It was like really warm. Yeah. 
oh, your competitor who's your age and your weight hasn't turned up. And I, I'd have been like, I don't know, mid-30s or something. So I had to take on, I was going to do it Thai boxing and I knew all the Thai yeah. rules and I'd kind of forgotten about kickboxing. I hadn't done it for years. And uh, they were like, so we've got you with this lad and he's like 19, like mega fit. And he was a kickboxer and they're like, you've got to do kickboxing rules. So I was like, right, what's the difference? I've forgotten. Well, you can't kick below the leg in competition, below the waist yeah. in competition. You can't grab, can't grab anything. Yeah. And then you've got to have these big head guards on. Yeah. And it was only three two-minute rounds. It was horrible. And I was so <laughs> nervous. And then I went in and like this lad caught. Honestly, he was doing all these like kickboxing kicks that were coming up that got me in the head like several times. And the first few hurt. And then I was like, fuck this. And I went, <laughs> he, he went for a high kick and I just naturally grabbed his yeah. his foot and like chopped him on the ground. <coughs> and there was like this raster who was the, uh, he was the um, referee. And he goes, mate, this isn't Thai boxing. He come up and bollocked me. Yeah. And then he did it again. And I did it. He goes, this isn't fucking Kung Fu, mate. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> he goes, do that again. And you're disqualified. So then he come up and I just like, Pinned him against the ropes and start. I've got it on video. I need to root it out. And I started slugging him, um, and it got quite close. I thought I was going to like have him at one point, and then he got me some crackers, and it was he won in the end. But I was like, after that, I was like, never again am I doing that. I've, I've done it. It was mental. And then uh, looking round in that place, there was some proper gangsters, and I was like, I felt out of place in there, really. Yeah, but not the not the place. To well, it's one of them gangsters. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm real gangster. Yeah. <laughs> the original OG. Yeah. Anyway, less fighting. Yes. So we've been running the seven IDP products for a while now. This is the Project Twenty Three Carbon Helmet, Sam Hill knee pads, Sam Hill elbow pads, and you can get. 10% off the whole range on the Tweaks website with code PINNED10. That is PINNED10. Where were we? We were talking about, like, how... Talking about fitness and stuff. Fitness? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It's interesting. I went to the jumps yesterday. Levels, yeah. can it? And I watched this on Instagram. If you follow... Is it on Mulvan's Classic? Mulvan's Classic, yeah. That's, if you look that's at him. that and look at him riding, you won't believe it's him, actually, because it's like... Uh, yeah, but you're the you were going to fight. You're riding like him and his mates. Like I can't do them manual things either. Yeah, but you were hitting big jumps, big hips. I've seen you at the jump spots, and it's very impressive. I'm paying you a compliment. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> um, and we, we we spoke about this because, like, you're still riding and racing at a decent, yeah. you know, decent yeah. speed. I was talking to my mate RJ Rob Johnson yesterday. Really good friend of mine, phoned me up, and he was at Bike Park Wales, and he's fifty. Three this year, yeah, and he won a, a, a national probably in a lead back in two thousand and four, yeah, uh, back in the day on an eye drive, and it's like, and he's still going, he's still going yeah. fast, and it's like, you're going fast, and I'm kind of all right going fast and jumps and stuff, but it's like, and I, I think it's great because you know, yeah, you can look at all these pros and like mm. you know, Sam Pilgrims, your Matt Jones is doing backflips and all stuff, but there's a lot of riders that are just going to Canic Chase and the Forest yeah. of Dean, and yeah. I think they do look at us. I'm, I'm not trying to sound big-headed, but I do get people going to me. Oh, I, I, I see what you're doing. I think it's great. You know, mm. you, you you're still still doing it your age, and I'm like, is that a compliment or not? But it's but, nice, isn't it? Yeah, we're 52, and it's like, and I said, look, I don't really drink. You know, I, yeah. I went to the pub Saturday night. 
with a good lady and had one and a half pints. Yeah. You know, I don't drink in I the hardly drink at all now. You know, my average, we looked at the average consumption on Google and it was like 14.9 pints that average male drinks in a week. Really? What? And I was like, oh. And that's that, like a year for me. And that's what he tells the doctor because no one ever tells the yeah. doctor. They smoke 20 fags a day. They say, oh, I only smoke 10. Yeah. Um, but, so I don't drink. I've never done drugs. I do a lot of stretching. Mm. I do do not like every day for an hour, but like you know, I'll, I'll get on the floor and I'll I'll do a lot of stretching. I'll do a lot of warming up and warming down. You still touch um, your toes and can you get your hands flat on the floor? You get easily, can you? I can get, I can get. Hold on a sec. I'm just sitting. I've been sat in a van for two hours. I can get for those of you, for those of you listening. He's trying it right. Bloody hell, that's impressive. So. He's so, yeah. gone into hands flat on the floor. I in front of your feet. From your feet. Like, mine's... That was like like that. I didn't even know if I can do that. I think mine's... I need to warm up for that. Hey, you want to do that? Oh, my God. i got to <laughs> about do that. So I can do it, like, get my toe, my fingers on and curl them up a bit. That's about You're all very flexible. That's impressive. That's... But, yeah, I think you got to do that. You've got to be flexible. But you've I... also got to... Like I said to Scott Beaumont during, because uh, I was running a lot with Scott Beaumont and, and Dave Richardson. Yeah, yeah. And we we're going to basically like Kimber, dirt, big dirt jump sort of thing. Mm. And it was like, and we we're going down the, I can't say where they were, nearest to me, really proper BMX dirt yeah, jumps. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't doing the big one, and I don't do anything silly on them. You know, I just go through it race style, the, the medium pack sort of thing. But it's like, you've got to keep riding. Mm. Or if you're not riding, you've got to keep going to the gym. Yeah. Swimming was so good for me. Yeah. Um, just to get in some local swimming pool, half an hour. Um, and, and, you know, you talk about physical health, but my mental health, mm. I mean, I always say I ain't got time for depression and stuff like yeah. that. I'm too busy. Um, and I'm not trying to knock it, but I have had some some downsides of, of life and stuff. But swimming for me was fantastic mm. for breathing and just, I even had some swimming lessons just to get the technique, straight arms instead of crossing. Oh, really? Like I'll tell you what I do that's quite unusual in my training regime. So I'll go two or three times a week to the gym. Yeah. One of the nights is a lift class, which is outside and it's like a circuit, but it's, Todd did it for the first time last week, but it's, it's actual weights. Yeah. It's like a CrossFit class. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there's, we'll do like weights, but then um, afterwards, I'll, like you, I'll, if I'm doing the weights, I'll do stretching, I'll do sort of 15 minutes. Not and, that much stretching. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then sauna. Yeah. Sauna is really important. My ice bath in the morning, every single day, half six in the morning. In the, well, I'll say ice bath, it's more like cold plunge. No, there is yeah. ice in it. Um, but the thing I do at the end of the gym, when I get out of the sauna, that I don't know anyone who does this, and this is what I call my lung training. So I'll jump in the pool, yeah. and I'll do three separate laps underwater, yeah. like lengths. Yeah. So it pushes you, you know, I've got quite a good lung capacity, yeah. but I think, I could be wrong, but I think that trains your lungs to be able to take more oxygen, to hold more oxygen. So I do this every single time. I'll do a length underwater and I get to the end and I'm like, <gasps> and, then, and then straight away and I'll do three lengths like that and do that every time because that's my, what I call uh, my evening bitch <laughs> and my morning bitch yeah. is getting in the blunt. You know, it's two things that you don't want to do. You do it like, it's like um, getting in the cold water pool in the morning. 
it's like the hardest thing you'll do all day for you mentally because every yeah. morning I get to it, oh, I don't want to do this. Of course you But don't. once you've done it, you're like, well, everything else today is going to be a bit easier than that and it puts you in a good mindset. Did you, do you do it? Yeah, yeah. it does it. But I'm like, I don't know, I'm just, I must just be lazy because it's actually getting in. I'm not bothered about it at all. It's fucking about getting, taking my clothes off, grabbing a towel and, and taking the lid off. That's the most, yeah. that's what I put off. If the lid's already off and like there's a towel already out, yeah. I'll go straight in. See, Some days I just can't be asked to do all that. See, I almost died at Christmas. Why? In cold water. Uh, I think you've told me this, haven't you? There was, um... The missus said to me, oh, oh there's, didn't there's, you go cold water swimming? There's a cold water swim, you know, like Christmas yeah. Day, Boxing Day, it's a stupid Yeah, British you had to tradition. swim out to something, you told me. And yeah. I was like, she was like, it was in Sutton Park in Birmingham, it was a few minutes away. It's like, should we do it, should we do it? We'll take the dogs. I was like, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. I thought, yeah, I'll, I'm, an yeah. I'm an idiot, I'll do it. So we got there. There's all these people getting undressed, you know, they got me, and they said, oh no, keep your shoes, you keep your trainers on, because when you jump in, there's... Yeah. It's Birmingham. It's going to be loads of like glass and bottles, yeah, and yeah. bricks and barbed wire and shopping trolleys and stuff. And there must have been like four hundred people all lined up. It's been going on for like years. Yeah. And everyone's lined up, and it was like, "Go on, jump in!" And it was like, "What?" I said, "What's the deal?" And it was a pontoon about eighty meters at it. And uh, and someone said, "Oh yeah, you what, yeah, what the trick is is to swim out to that and, and, then, and then come back." So I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, everyone's like, and then the whole crowd, it starts at 10 o'clock, I think it was, and the whole crowd starts going, 10, oh, 9, oh, so they're all cheering you up. And then we got to three, and dickhead here, I'm in. You're thinking you're on the start line of a race. Yeah, I'm fucking, there's no, yeah. do you know what I mean? There's no official, do you know what yeah. I mean? And it's unofficial, there's no medics there, no marshals, no nothing, do you know what I mean? It's like, I jumped in, I launched in, and I, she had a photo, and it's brilliant, because I'm, I'm in the, I'm like, there, yeah. everyone's just stood at the side like this. So I swim out to the water and I get to the pontoon and I was getting it all like, yeah, do that. And the you can hear all the crowd going, yeah. yeah. And I turn around and there's one bloke coming towards me like that. <laughs> and everyone else is like getting out because it takes a bit of time to get mm. out. So I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, fucking, oh, okay, get back. So I started swimming back and I got about a third of the way back and went, I'm in trouble here. Mm. Like, I'm not a swimmer, swimmer, do you yeah. know what I mean? It was like, I'm in trouble. And I got about halfway back and I went, holy shit, like, I got two kids. And mm. I, I I, started to panic. I thought, mm. I'm going to die here. And I was in trouble. Was that and you I, breathing or you? It was just fucking cold, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, the water was, because remember, it December cold. was so cold. Mm. cold was and the shocking. cold water was even yeah. colder because it was so cold. It doesn't, it well, hadn't warmed up. Going in the cold plunge every morning teaches you how to combat that. Well, you know, you have to, you, you breathe in, it's all warm. Not, you breathe. not the same, though. But, but, but we'll see. It warms up. Yeah. The cold plunge. Anyway. Maybe it was just the, the joy that I was still alive when I got out. Yeah. I didn't leave a young lady stood on the on the side crying her eyes out. Yeah. When did you do Christmas Day? Well, I watched my boyfriend drown and yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and then I had to tell his kids. But I got out. But I do know when I got out, I was buzzing. Yeah. Like for the rest of the day, I was like energized. I was like, yeah. This, and she was like, you're never doing that again. Because yeah. she she saw the panic you might. I was yeah. like. I'm gonna, I thought That's I was going to die. Horrible, and if somebody else had been drowning next to me, there's no way in the world could I have done anything. Yeah. Because I'd have so only just so gone. I just about got wow. out. So um, I will do it again, though, but I'll probably just jump in. But Cold War, I, I do get it. Yeah. But don't be an idiot like me and, yeah. and be Johnny Big Bollocks and try and swim out. And yeah, because that's the sort of thing, that's what we do. Yeah. Stupid things. Tell me about 
this recent situation with getting a bike stolen. Yeah, yeah, I was. An idiot. I took it being an idiot, uh, I, and I am an idiot because I tell everyone, don't leave your bike in the van. Like, yeah, don't ever do For that. For anyone watching, I'm super it's always on it. It's always on about if you come to races, chain it up, don't leave it. Like every the time, biggest advocate for it. Every time bikes get nicked at races, yeah. and they do quite often nowadays. Not yeah. loads, but the they're always the easy targets, aren't they? It's never no. the ones chained yeah. in a van that get nicked. To this. They've left them on the outside. So anyway, mm. I got I got a van. And I've just got a brand new Cannondale Jekyll, like yeah. six grand's worth of bike. Lovely bike, do you know what I mean? And, um, and I went to the, the jumps at Cannock, had a great, like, so my mate was like, do you want to come out? I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then I went to Nottingham um, and I stayed over. And you know what? And it was in the back of the van. It was locked three times in the back of the van, right? And usually I reverse it right up onto this drive, which is this wide either side. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I have to get the wing mirrors in and there's, there's a, you can't get you wouldn't but I just reversed it up outside I thought oh, and it's locked up don't worry, I'll go and get it late I'll get it out and I'll, I'll move her car she's going to move her car and I'll do and you know what just forgot mm. just totally forgot yeah and then I was and I'm up at like quarter to six every morning six o'clock I'm downstairs in the lounge and that and at half seven you know your back window your van smashed oh no. next door neighbour I was like I mean, I knew straight away. Yeah. And and funny enough, the van there was like a third of it was 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 against the lamppost, right? But interesting, and I, and I, you could say I shouldn't tell you this, but they literally the ground anchors in the van, you know the, the little loop things, mm. and he'd left the the metal. It was just a, a drill, a big drill bit, like a masonry drill bit, and he just spurned that and snapped the bolt. Really. And it just come out, and I was wow. like, oh, "Shit me!" Uh, and even when Dave and laugh, one of the locks was around, was around the seat belt at the back, and it goes through a, a, a bike stowaway frame, and they they didn't have a, they couldn't cut the seat belt, so you had to melt it with a lighter. No. And it's, but it's just it's just all these little things added up. Was this while you were in the house? Yeah, wow. with two big dogs. I was annoyed. Time? I, uh, three half three in the morning. Wow. But I was really annoyed that the alarm didn't go off, mm. and Volkswagen said, "No, they, they, it's not alarmed in the back." Why? And I was the most like, important oh, bit. I didn't yeah. realise that because our bedroom was like literally. Yeah, because a van, we all keep our tools in the front seats, don't we? Yeah. So I was really annoyed, oh, but I was the idiot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you, I still to this day don't know how he got it out the back window when a third of it was against the lamppost. Mm. He got the bike out and he had to take the uh, a the the bike stow big A frame and he got that out the back as well because it was a, it was locked to that. Yeah. And he smashed that off around the corner. So. I was like, shit, right. So, we, you know, you get your bike nicked. It was my fault, don't leave it in a van, don't leave it in a van overnight. Mm. I was an absolute idiot. And I was like, well, what am I going to do to get my bike back? I know, I'll go on Facebook and tell everyone, this is my bike, it's been stolen, let's make it hot, too hot to handle. Does that ever work? No. Mm. It doesn't work. The person that's nicked your bike, right, wasn't a professional. In this case, he was just some local scumbag here. Yeah. Opportunist, trying to find some tools. He did the jackpot, brand new man bike worth six grand. So I literally, I said to the, to the missus, every Facebook page, the local ones, do you know what I mean? The local Facebook community groups, you know, your area within the yeah. five mile radius. Yeah, that's the idea. Yeah. Like, join that one, join that. I had to join them all. And some, some you could join straight away, some of the admins have to sign you up. Like that. Bike stolen reward, 500, no, 1,000 pound cash reward today. Wow. Yeah? Put it out of there. An hour later, 
phone call. Have you had a bike stolen? Yeah. A green one? Yeah. Worth this much money? I went, yeah. I know where it is. <coughs> really? And actually didn't want the reward, which was like wow. amazing. So I was like... Awesome, nice people. I, I will actually tell you as well, I wasn't supposed to ride that bike that day. The Apple AirTag was on the kitchen side. Oh, no. A true story. Mm. All my bikes have got Apple AirTags. I've got one in my frame storage on yeah. mine. You know, it's uh, so again, it's one of those things that just it all added up at the yeah. wrong time in the thief's favor. So I'm in Nottingham, I don't really know anyone, yeah, bigger than me that can go and knock on some doors. Yeah. So I made a few quick phone calls. Um, and this is what I did. And, and, and I know this is my opinion, some people will disagree. Phone the police. I spoke to a friend who works for the police and he said, unless like you've got concrete evidence, they ain't going to go around today. It ain't going to happen. No. And it, that bike's, I know that bike's going to go in a few hours. Yeah. And he's, but you know, that thief just wants as much money as he can yeah, for yeah. today. Like if you give him 500 quid or a thousand quid, even if he did phone me up and said, I found your bike in the park, mate, in the bushes. Yeah. And you'd be like, I think you're lying, but I'm going to get my, my six grand yeah. bike back. Yeah. There's a grand. Mm. So I, anyway, went to the cash point. I got some money out. And I was like, what do you do? Because I knew he was the local drug dealer. So he might be naughty. He might have a machete or a machine gun. It's like, well, what do you do? What do you do? So anyway, we got some boys there. Not on, and the, the theory was, if he comes out with machine guns and machetes and there's 20 <laughs> of them in there, it's like, listen, there's a grand. Yeah. I'll put that there. You... Put the bike there and we'll I'll go that way and you go that way. Done. Mm. He's happy, I'm happy. I've lost a grand, but it's a lesson learned. Yeah. Luckily, opened the door and it was like, well, what bike? It's like it's got a tracker on it. Yeah. Gives the effing bike back. We won't phone the police and we'll go that way and you go that way. And we got the bike back. Wow. So that, that's that my opinion of, of what I did. It worked that day. I could have got shot, I could have got mm. stabbed, it could have been a right kick off there and it all got really messy and it could have gone ended up real bad so i'm not telling you to do that i'm just saying that's what i did if you get your bike nicked go on the local facebook groups hitting up the local groups is like a really good idea i'd never yeah. thought of that actually yeah when you see people like sharing a stolen bike yeah. but it's people from like, we, Shrewsbury sharing a stolen bike we don't know who's stolen the bike no you know it's not it's always us sharing it brendan had his bike nicked didn't he from that bike show mm. And he's sharing it to all these people. It's like, no, go on the local groups and find... Because and somebody there, I say, you know, Brendan's bike's worth a fortune. You know, a grand. Even if the guy that nicked it went, I found it in the bushes. Mm. And he'd be like, mm, yeah. I think you're lying, but there's your grand. Yeah. He's happy, you're happy. Yeah. That's the way I would try and get a bike back. I know some people say, well, you should have phoned the police and the police shouldn't have locked the door. But by the time that may have happened, I've got full respect for the police. That bike could well have been gone. And the police, police don't actually. It's really hard to get police to do stuff with a stolen bike. Like I know a lad who got his stolen, and they found it and they knew where it was, and it was at someone's house or something. Yeah. But the police wouldn't do anything because they changed the grips from from the pictures of his bike he had. The grips were yeah. different. They said we know it's our bike, mm. but the police go it's a different kind of grips. You know as well as I do, the success stories I've been when people have gone to buy the bike back. Yeah. And gone, actually, you know, this is mine mm. and I've got five big gorillas with me. Yeah. I'm gonna kill you. And we go that way. Because you you gotta be careful because you could argue, was that person gonna come back and knock on 
the girlfriend's door mm. and do this. But we weren't arseholes. We don't just give us a bike. Yeah, yeah. And nothing yeah. more has been said, mm. you know. They go back and lick their wounds. I'm licking my wounds. Everyone's happy. We haven't been arseholes and smashed the place up or threatened his girlfriend or done anything horrible. We've just been very civilised and just very straight. So for me, that for me that worked that day. Yeah. If you want to do that, knock yourselves out. Yeah. But don't take my advice. It, it worked for me and I was lucky. But... Don't get yourself in that position in the first place and leave your bike unlocked. Security is so yeah. important in it with bikes. Even when I ride from here to when I went to Canuck yesterday, Sunday, the bike's locked up mm. in the van just in case I, I was in a car accident or I saw a car accident or I need some petrol or oh, yeah, I went to really thought that. Yeah, and you have to leave your bike. To... Leave them for, yeah. Because, you know, it's seconds to nick that bike. Yeah. You know, someone can break your van and nick it in, you know, 60 seconds, it's gone. Mm. Don't give them 60... Every, every thief's an opportunist because you've given them that opportunity. I don't know why every bike doesn't come with a, some sort of tracker on it nowadays. It's mm -hmm. so cheap to make. An Apple AirTag's 25... If you buy four, it's 100 quid for four. They're 25 quid each. Mm. Um, and I know people go, oh, but, you know, they can know... It's like, How no, long do they last before the batteries? Uh, about a year. And admittedly... Even it's just a little time. If back. I stick one in your back pocket now... Because I fancied you when I was in a bar, and yeah. and you walked home. Yeah, you're waiting for me with yeah. hypnotic work. It, it will take, it will alert you. It'll say once within followed. sort of twelve hours or something. But it's it's those first. It's the same with anything. It's those first six hours. Yeah. You've got to try and jump on it. Mm. You know, that's when you get your bike back. If I'd have left that till that afternoon or that evening or the next day, sorry, mate, the bike's gone. Or yeah. like mock off to it. If you like, you know, someone gets a notification if they can't find the air tag, yeah, it doesn't matter. Knockoff do it where it goes, you know, like your tubeless valve goes in, there's a bit in the tire, yeah, yeah, fits onto the bottom, so it's in the tire. No one's going to look in the tire if they think there's an air tag. And if you want to put it in your tire, get an air tag. So, Finn Payton, no relation, yeah, he he gets an air tag and, and he puts a load of zip ties around it, so it looks like a a spider landmine. Oh, so it won't move. It won't move, and he puts that in the tire. Ah, that's good. That's idea. a really good idea. Muckoff also do like a metal thing with those, you know, like on the old phone boxes mm. where an alley key's got the little hole drilled in, so you yeah. can't, and it goes under your water bottle. So a little yeah. metal thing about this yeah. big. Saracen had something similar on their bike demo yeah. bikes this weekend. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, just to stop them from. I say. Just try not to leave your bike anywhere. Yeah. That's that's the easy answer. So talking about things that are perhaps a little bit, um, I don't know, controversial and what have you, uh, you've been going on about the Stephen Murray thing at the moment. Do you want to explain to people... That's an interesting one, isn't it? What, what's going on? Because I haven't followed it that much. I only just sort of get the bare essentials. At... So Stay Strong brand. Yeah. Uh, so Steve, you know, Stephen Murray, uh, world-class BMXer, um Tried a double backflip. Was it at the, not the X Games? Was the Jew? Was it a Jew tour? Don't know. It was a long time ago. You know, you're gonna ask me a year now. It's got to be fifteen odd years ago. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he was paralysed from that down. It's super shame. You know. So I've known Stephen for a long time. I've known his brother Martin as well, Martin yeah. Murray, uh, who now works for he's the marketing director, sales director, sales director at PTs. Yeah, sales yeah. director, something like that. Um, so yeah, you know, he's kind of set up and made some fantastic looking branded clothing, you know, and went on to bike frames, grips, accessories and whatever. Is this all stay strong? All, all under the stay strong brands. brands and everything. Yeah. yeah, there was collaborations with certain brands, uh, you know, so it was all, all good. All I can say is that 
or well, I really want to say is obviously I I speak to these guys very well and know them. You know, I've got their mobile numbers. I can phone them now and speak to them. They're not happy. All I really want to say on the matter is, you know, if you want to buy a Stay Strong t-shirt or frame or bikes and bits and pieces and you like it, knock yourself out. What Stephen Murray said is just be aware now that none of the money goes to him. So where's that money going? What's happened? So the, the brand's been sold um, <coughs> and it now belongs to someone else. But they haven't sort of put that out there that it's not, it's like a profit brand now rather it's, than a charity brand. He, yes, it was all kept, it was all was just some, some disclosure or whatever. But now Stephen's announced it that, look, it's no longer a collaboration with me. I don't get any of the funds. Uh, so I, as I say, if you want to buy a Stephen Murray, uh, sorry, a Stay Strong t-shirt, sweatshirt. Yeah. Because it looks nice. But it's up to you then to understand that it's nothing to do with Stephen Murray, that none of those dollars, mm. pound notes, are going to Stephen Worth Murray. Yeah. So just something to be aware of. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say on the matter. Yeah. Well. I shall keep it as that. Yes. And talking about issues with brands, etc., sponsors, all that kind of thing, um, you've had quite a few pull out of... Oh, it's it's been tough. Melbourne's this year. Yeah, the bike industry's... In, uh, yeah, I'm hearing it a lot. I'm hearing it so because obviously, like me, you're sort of um, kind of invested in the bike industry in yeah. different ways. So you get to talk to different brand managers, different you know owners, and people who run different businesses, and it's almost the same story throughout the whole thing, isn't it? We're struggling. So every every everywhere I look, it's um, and probably a lot of people don't realise this because I mean you get to kind of Chase or Forrester Dean, and and that trail centre is packed. You get there. I bet if you went there at 11 o'clock on Sunday, you wouldn't have got in. Yeah. You'd been parking on the road mm. outside, let alone trying yeah. to pay your eight quid to park. you got no choice. Um, so what happened during COVID? Everyone that bought a bike bought a bike. Yeah. You know, even people that weren't really interested in biking, but the, the pubs were closed, the parks were closed, the swimming pools, the golf courses. Yeah. It's like, but you can go and ride your bike. Yeah. So, and, and the bike industry makes all their money selling sub £1,000 bikes, mm. an 800 quid bike, you know, that hardtail thing whatever it yeah. is, if they can sell, and they sell shitloads of those. That's yeah. when someone goes in and says, oh, I bought a mountain bike. We've all had our friends say it, you know, next door neighbours, colleagues from work. Oh, I bought a bike, it was really expensive. How much was it? 800 quid. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, less than my shock. Yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean? But that's 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 where they make the money. That's what yeah. they do. Uh, so everyone's bought a bike, bought a bike, and half of them are now in a shed yeah. with rust and cobwebs on. Mm. Some of them got sold or whatever else. Yeah, we called them, when we were out riding, we called them the COVID cyclists. The yeah, ones you'd yeah, see yeah. and you're like, oh, they're not a rider yeah, normally, yeah. but they'd be like loads of them always, everywhere. But brilliant for the biking. Oh, amazing, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Everyone did very well. Everyone in the bike industry. Well, it was sort of amazing, but then double-edged sword, wasn't it, yeah. really? So now no one's buying a bike because yeah. they've already bought one. So then you hear stories, I won't mention the brands, but, you know, they've got 100,000 bikes in stock in the UK. Yeah. In their well, they, they tried to, what they did is they, I think they thought it was going to continue. Yeah. So the then they restocked with yeah. ridiculous amounts. Yeah. And then realised, oh, well, actually, everybody's got bikes now and we're not going to get rid of these So they, they had to, you, I don't know the full story, but when you go and order, you know, if you're a brand and you go, right, I need... 10,000 components off Shimano, for example. Yeah. You know, you, you don't forecast that for 
this that's a two-year forecast so you have to forecast it to yeah. get it because we all know that you couldn't buy a, an 11 speed chain yeah two years ago literally yeah, yeah. It's, it's you know great pads and stuff mm. like that they're, they're in stock buy three of them even not even i was buying chains mm. from places in germany and stuff yeah. like that it was like well, i can get three of them for that price yeah so brands have got a shitload of bottom line is they've got a shitload of stock yeah. so that's why you see again i won't mention brands but a number of brands now discounting 20 yeah. 30 40 50 percent off bikes but then I'm also going, well, shit me, hold on. If you do that, no one's going to buy a bike next year. Yeah. Because you bought a bike with this much discount this year. You ain't going to sell it next year and buy another one because there's no discount. You're going to keep that bike. Yeah. I know, but it's what people give them for two to three years, don't they? There's also more to it than just the COVID thing. There was Brexit. Brexit Brexit's really fucked things up for... I didn't vote for Brexit. ...bikes from different parts of the world Not because yet. now all of a sudden there's these massive taxes on everything. Yeah. I don't see at any point why Brexit helped hardly any industry really, but um that's a different matter. Yeah. But did you in, vote for it? Uh no, no. You didn't he was, I, he was about I twelve, actually, wasn't I it? actually don't vote for anything. I don't believe in the old system, but we won't go into that. Um they basically because it things coming from certain parts of Europe were so heavily taxed. Yeah. And they made the red tape was so difficult for people that it was almost like impossible to get certain things, or you had to pay right through the nose for things. And then you had the Suez Canal incident as well, like that. Well, the ship got blocked it up for ages, and it took them like was it a month or six weeks to get that sorted? And, and there was loads of stuff from shipping containers. Yeah. And he got the Shimon. Well, didn't Shimon? They the got specialised battery burnt down. Shimano had a load of um, groups that stolen. Yeah. A lorry got, yeah. uh, uh, an Arctic lorry destined, I don't know where it was destined, it was in Europe somewhere, wasn't it? Yeah. That got stolen. So loads of stuff stuff happened. Obviously inflation, petrol prices, cost of, cost living, of living, cost of manufacturing, because yeah. obviously all the, to, to run a factory. And a lot of them were... Due to Russia and Ukraine. Yeah, yeah. So it's all gone tits up. A lot um, of people would be getting 22 bikes in the same, they'd be waiting months and months, have all these back orders for 22 bikes, yeah. and then by the time they arrived, they were coming in containers with 23 bikes, so then they had to discount the 22 bikes by like 40%. But and then if, people just buy them. Yeah, and if there's no upgrade to a 23 bike, there's no difference except colours, they're going to be like, well, I don't want that, I'll have last year's 40% off. Yeah. So it fucked the whole thing up, didn't it? And it's going to mess it up for the next... A long time. A while. Yeah. So it is It is a bit of a mess at the moment mm. that no one can forecast what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so marketing budgets by a lot of companies have been cut. You know, they haven't got demo bikes. They haven't got event staff anymore to come to events at weekends. Yeah. So you'll see things like a lot less demos, mm. um, a lot less brands at an event that you may have thought they would have been at. It's just the way of the world at the moment. Yeah. It will come back, but it's, it's, it's hard for... But it's hard for everyone, you know. I, I speak to, I won't say, uh, some team managers that I know. I mean, they've tried to get products, you know, sponsorship. They're just like, no, no. Well, yeah, you've seen they've big teams pulling out of World Cups, haven't you? Haven't yeah, you? struggling, really struggling. Seen product, big brands pulling out of sponsorship with lots of riders. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, they're just looking at costs. And then you've got things like the World Cup price, the prices of running a team, you know, you have to give them X amount for a year. All that going up, like, astronomical. Yeah, to be part of a UCI elite team. Yeah. Uh, it used to be 
There's three three grand. It used to be three thousand euros to be an elite team, and now it's something like twenty thousand euros. There's so many things that have gone up ridiculously. One of the ones I think you told me, what was the original cost per rider uh, for somebody racing on forestry land to go to forestry before and now? Oh, so it used to be three quid a rider for forestry. So it was a, a blanket. Uh, contracting with all the Forestry Commission England yeah. and maybe Wales and Scotland um, that it was three quid a rider plus five yeah. uh, and now they want 20% of you t- not all, not it depends which forestry you speak to but they want 20% of your taking so if you've got 100 I can work this out 100 quid race fee they want 20 quid that's ridiculous where you used to give them three quid now they want another so, 16 quid so say your average your average race is like 60 quid yeah they want 12 quid instead of so three. that's it's Quadrupled, yeah, quadrupled, and where, where's the sense in that? What's their costs that have? What have they changed? Yeah, they haven't changed anything. Don't get me wrong, and I, I, I can understand if I owned that that forest over there, and someone said, "Can, can these lot will come and ride there, and make a mess of it, and leave a load of litter, and they'll be here every other weekend when they shouldn't mm. be, or perhaps you know, and digging and yeah. doing silly things." Um, but don't worry, I'm going to give you, you know, let's say there's 300 riders and three, but I'm going to give you a grand. Yeah. You'd be like, if you own that, if you're the Forest Commission, you, you own land that's worth billions of yeah. pounds. For someone to give you a grand, yeah. it ain't worth the paperwork. No. And it, it isn't, is it? You know, if you said, oh, well, I'm going to, yeah, allow that, and then they've got to check that land yeah. that, you know, there's no landmines or somebody that's dug a massive hole that someone's yeah. going to fall down or, or, or some of a deer. Yeah. Or something, or a badger's fallen in the hole and they can't get out because some idiots, as I said, you know what people like. Yeah. So they have to inspect that land and do the risk assessment on it every. So you think they're again. just going basically down the thing of like we're out pricing it, we're up in the price so, so people don't come down. onto yeah. our land. But then you've also got the issue then that somebody falls off on their land. Yeah. And then they sue the Forestry Commission. Yeah. And then that's a terrible shame when somebody does, we talk about someone that's been injured, you know, and they may be paralyzed and it's like, I get it if there was loads of barbed wire up yeah. or they knew that tree was going to fall over and they haven't come and felled it. But if someone falls off and lands on the red and then sues the... So currently, well, they all, there was always a case where there was always like two or three cases against the Forestry Commission at any one point, mm. which were, were anywhere between two to four million pounds because someone on a mountain bikes fell off on their right, land. Okay. And, you know, they fell off because they just went around that corner and... Fell off or off that jump yeah. or drop, and they fell off. The it's nothing to do with the Forestry Commission, but I get it because when if you went home now in a wheelchair, you need a nice Volkswagen Transport with a ramp mm. that's going to cost you 40, 50 grand. You're going to need a bungalow, you need a carer. Yeah, you're going to need some concrete ramps and the doors widening. And now yeah, yeah, yeah. your partner's going to be going, well, hold on, you were the breadwinner and you earned this much money, and we can't afford to pay for him anymore. Um, where we're going to get our money from? You need to sue them and get four million yeah. quid, because yeah. you've just messed our lives up. So I can understand that. I don't agree with it, but I can understand why people do sue the forestry commission or I, landowners because they they need to guarantee their income. Last resort. I think yeah. my main issue with it that they will moan about the forestry that does rattle me a bit is. They say about like the land disturbance of people making tracks, and then you'll go back into that forestry when they've just harvested it, and you'll be like, "Look at the state of it now." It's and like, that's it's like a nuclear bomb yeah, being dropped. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then, 
looking at it from the other point, I know that they will, that will have been done a certain time of year. It will have had people in there checking out that there's no you know badger sets yeah. not in that you haven't got certain plants growing there blah 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 so but then when the hot when the contractors come in they don't give a shit they're just in no. their big harvester whether there's and a big forwarder and they just yeah. wreck the place whether there's ospreys nesting or some endangered yeah. mouse or something i don't know but to me it's it's their land it's it's, like, a, it's a working forest it's like an easter dad uh what was the bird Oh, it was a goshawk. They had a yeah. goshawk, and there was a trap that went near where it's nest, and they closed it all off. And to close it off, they went in with chainsaws and sawed loads of trees down. Yeah, across oaks, the trap. Oh, yeah, like loads of oaks, and which stuff is like going to make way more noise than any disturbance in the mountain. Yeah, the bike is going past. It, it, I'm going to have to go. Okay, enjoy. He's off. Will But yeah, it's it's what happened. It's their land. <sighs> We've got to play by their rules. Yeah. So it's not for me to argue. If you don't like it, then... That's what I like about this, uh, the new one we've been doing, the Western Bike yeah. events this year. Every every race has been on private land. And that so doesn't make has... life easier yeah. as an organiser. Yeah. The only problem with that is it's very difficult to find private land that's got a big enough gradient because obviously the forestry own most of the big mountains. Yeah, yeah. And also then, you know, with, with the private landowner, you've got to make sure, because we know what mountain bikers are like, someone's going to turn up there next weekend and ride on that track. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, you know, it happens at Langollen, mm-hmm. Clangoflin. Mm-hmm. You know, Martin the farmer there, it's his land, and he gets people going, well, I can ride this. It's like, you can't, it's my land. Didn't you get a load of shit with, like, a load of lads on Sauron's Sur- a week or two ago, and they, like, didn't they have a go at him with them? Um... Uh, yeah, he gets threatened. Yeah, he gets yeah, he gets a lot mm-hmm. of grief off people because they just think that they can ride. Well, it's just yeah. a forest. It's just it's just a hill. He's like, no, it's my hill. It belongs yeah. to me. You can't just ride, whether it's a Suron or a mountain bike. Mm-hmm. But people just go, yeah, they just think they can ride there. Mm-hmm. But but that's just people think they're entitled. They're just misinformed that they can ride wherever. We get it at Malvern when we're setting up the courses. It's like, lads, you can't ride here. It's private land. Yeah. Well, I live over there. Well. Well, go on the road then. Like, yeah. you can't. I'll be in there strimming or putting poles up, and people will come through the course. Mm. And I, I've had a few ding dongs with people, and you wonder why people hate me because, mm. you know, because I do get a bit aggressive sometimes. Yeah. So when I'm strimming or putting poles in, and someone's coming down at, at you 20 miles an hour, you're like, What are you doing? Mate, you're not even supposed to be on here. Mm. Yeah, but I was just going through. But that's you, you can't, can you? Like you're not allowed to, like for a reason. Mm. But yeah, there's a lot of entitlement. So, so, so back to the brands and Morvans. How many this year have actually pulled out or reduced the size of their pitch? Have you had? No one's reduced the size of their pitch. I've had four, three or four, four or five pull out. Mm. I've had about fifteen new companies come in. Oh, so I'm actually up on, yeah. on trade stands. Anything? Um, anything to speak of that's. Interesting that you've never seen there before. You've got, uh, we've, we've eyebrow, got raisers. eyebrow raisers. Eyebrow uh, raisers. Rossignol. 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 Who's that? Ski company. Skis. Oh, really? They've got an e-bike brand. They're, they? they're, they're bringing them. Wow. Uh, we've got Intense coming. We've got Santa Cruz coming there. They're new. Um, we've got... Um, um, I think I should know this, shouldn't I? Yeah. Intense, so they because obviously they're direct now, aren't they? So that's yes. actually intense themselves, and not, and not saddleback. A, and there's another intense come in that's intense, but it's like there's another sidearm to intense through um what's that big American? It's a bit like Demon Tweaks. Yeah. Uh, an American motorsport side of things. They do an intense taser. Mm. They're coming as do well. you, you're just reminding me of a conversation I had with Crooksy yesterday. Yes. 
um, we were talking about the old days and how nearly probably 50% of the bikes were all branded and they were all intenses. Yeah. And how weird that would be nowadays if someone did that. Well, they're still people are still riding tyres blacked out, aren't they? Yeah. With but the, in those with, days, with the marker pen on the Muddy Fox was intense. Because uh, the Atherton's Road Intense is branded as Muddy Fox, Fox didn't they? Um, so did Brian. Didn't Brian Lopes when he was on Mongoose? Yeah, he rode his Intense, didn't he? I'm sure there was like five different brands that were Intense. They were running Intense. Was it Intense M1? Or yeah, M2? that was so before its time, wasn't it, the M1? Yes. But then even if you see that now and you look at an old M1, they look so short. And the, the, probably, probably the bottom bracket's about three. Yeah, the head angle's like that instead of like that. You know, it's like really steep head angle, isn't it? I just remember Chopper having an intense. Chopper Harris. Chopper Harris. I know the name. And I know I've spoken Interesting to character. him as well. But I can't think of who it is. And he sold it to Barracuda Bob. I remember Bar Barracuda Bob. Yeah, Barracuda Bob. Bob. Yeah. So the bloke of the Pierces. Yeah, he's still riding he's on the course now. Yeah, I think... I think like talking about that with geometry and that, I think it, that's definitely settled now, and it because they started getting really long, and then they're like, actually, we're getting a bit long yeah. now, and they brought it back into yeah. a sort of regular, I don't know, whatever reach and handlebar with head angle. I remember saying to Pete, he went because obviously Steve, Pete, Greg, Menard, people like they're all seven foot tall. Yeah, and it's like, and then we were riding bars that were probably six eighty wide. Bikes look so seven hundred And he said, he said he bought a set of rental bars, motocross bars, on his bike once. And everyone laughed at him, but he thought it was really good. Yeah, and he said, but no one thought he'd get through the trees. Right, and that was in a time when you know, like on his six six one body armor, you know the plastic yeah. cap on the body armor. He used to take the plastic cap off <laughs> so he could get that bit closer to. Really. It. That's how precise yeah, yeah. back then people mm -hmm. were, like Nicholas Vuillard's. Vuillard's in a world of his own then, though, wasn't he? He was, do you remember he was, his team, Son Ringlay, wasn't it? They were the only ones who did like lap timing, you know, like split times. times yeah. No one else did it, but they'd do it and they, they, they ran like, like a rally team. Didn't they, they? They'd have someone on the course saying yeah. you're up or you're down. Yeah. So as in go slow down, he steady. A controversial question here. So Nicholas, I don't know the stats now for Greg Menard, but Nicholas Vuillard's, everyone says Greg Menard's the goat. No, nah, Vuillard's. In my eyes, Vuillard's is a goat. See, I'm going to agree with you. No disrespect to Greg Menard. Yeah. Oh, I love I Menard. I don't know if you know what we're even talking about here. Yeah, I know. Who Nicholas Vuillard's is. But it's like, he was 10 times world champion. He won the world champs. He was like Schumacher was in Formula 1, wasn't he? He won everything, kind yeah. of. and then, But only over a short period of time. Obviously, yeah. Greg Menard's been racing for 20 years and has had... Yeah. Twenty he still looks like wins. Yeah, yeah, but it's like Nicholas Vuillard was just in a different league, and, and the and the, the. But you look at the old race sheets mm. and who was in that? Those top fifty riders, you knew who everyone. The yeah. brothers, Cedric Gracia, Cyril Langenu, uh Wade Boots, just. But in those biking. days, you never had junior riders as fast as elites, did you? Not like nowadays. Now juniors are getting faster, aren't they? They are. You know? I got an interesting. Yeah, I got an interesting thing. You know, um, um, Santa Cruz young lad. What's his name? Jackson. Jackson Goldstone. Mm -hmm. So we was we were in Austria, and I was commentating an event for three years, and he came out, and I was doing a course preview with him, and um, and I said, oh, you know, and he was at a stage. He was like what do I do? And I was like, well, you should be a World Cup. And his dad, we sat down for dinner, they were staying in our hotel, and his dad said, what should we do? I said, well, you could be a free rider. And that was at the time when um, 
uh, what's his name, Brandon Semnuk, was mm-hmm. still competing and still top of his game. And it was like, well, you can be like Brandon Semnuk, you know, you're Canadian and you live in Whistler mm-hmm. kind of thing. You could be like a Brandon Semnuk. But I said, the longevity of that is short. Yeah. You know, Brandon Semnuk's not going to be doing them videos in 20 years' time. No, no. You know, when you look at Steve Pete and your Rob Warners and your Brian Lopes that are still earning good money today and are still getting sponsored yeah. for being old school... I mean, they're still relevant, aren't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I said, I said to him, I said, no, you want to be a World Cup racer. And uh, I'm not saying I persuaded him to be a World Cup racer, but it was like, that's what you should do because, you know, I mean, he was fa- he was fast there. I mean, you could see, I mean, he could ride a bike. He could really ride a bike. But then I used to see people like Jordan Williams coming up through the BDS. And it was like, and he was beating the elite. It's great, isn't it, when they beat the elites. But Josh Bryson used to be pissed off. I remember him racing our nationals in an elite or maybe the winter series. And um, and he he didn't want to beat the junior. He, he used to beat the juniors, but he wanted to be the fastest fastest of anyone down yeah. the hill. Like G used to be like that as well. Yeah, really. And I never forget once Petey was there and Warner. And I'm trying to remember which one it was. And Bryson won seeding yeah. in front of everyone. And it was Petey. Petey came up to me, and it was Michael time at the time. Some people thought that might be a bit. Yeah. Perhaps not the best timing system back in the day how it was yeah. done compared to the action sports time of Chris Roberts, yeah. the, 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 the proper timing beams and the chips and everything. And Pete was like, is the timing working? And I was like, what do you mean? He said, well, Bison's beating uh, Bi- <coughs> Bison was on the Royal team with him. He's like, yeah. Bison's beating me. And Warner was there as well. And he was like, he weighs half what we weigh. Mm-hmm. So he's breaking later. Yeah. So those loose shaley corners that, that that was the track in lead at the time. He was breaking a lot later because I mean Bryson was. I mean he's, he's your size now. Is he's tall isn't he, Bryson? He's, he's quite way taller than me. Is he? Yeah, he's yeah. like six four, isn't he? Six five probably. Bryson, yeah. he's massive. But he used to be like my size, mm-hmm. didn't he? Do you know what I mean? He was he was like tight. Little kid. Yeah, like yeah. a little kid he was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so a bit like Jackson, they can break later into yeah, the court. Yeah, never thought about that because they're lighter riders. I mean, don't I still don't understand it. Like, Laurie Greenland just won the national at Fort William, where we remember Chris Kavarek, mm. you know, your Nathan Rennies, you know, even like Greg Menard and Steve Pete, they're all six foot four, you know, that's extra suspension in those arms and legs yeah. that small people haven't. Yeah, people like Laurie Greenland and Jackson Goldstone. Well, you want to see his little mate, Noah, no ski. He's out all Z. 5 1. 5 1. And yeah. he's, he beat you on a few stages yesterday, and he's two years younger than him. And goes like Sting. Oh, he's nuts. But I, I, I love the fact, you know, you look at, you know, Usain Bolt, you know, mm. he's, he's whatever, he's six foot, and he looks like. Yeah. But then, I'm going to say, which I have, you know, <laughs> Jackson Goldstone with his top off, or whatever, he looks like he's off to do a paper round. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to G. Afton. Yeah. yeah. G. Afton takes his top off, and, and, and yeah. men and women stop and go, yeah, you know, yeah. because he's got a six pack. He's got the yeah. proper tunes. He's still that. ripped as well. And, like. But you, I find it really interesting because you look at people like Danny Hart and even like Greg Menard, don't look like no. You know, like I just look slightly athletic. One one of the guys was working at race registration for me wasn't a mountain biker, and he said, "Oh, Danny Hart's come in, and he was the world." He said, "Is that the world champion guy?" He said, "Yeah." He said, "Looks like he's off to his paper." Right? Yeah, he didn't. He was expecting to be some. I want to see a big fat bloke win World Cups. Imagine how cool that would be if it was like 18, 19 stone, but just fat, and he was like just, smoked everyone. Just kept his speed. Just That's natural. see, I got to the bottom and just ate a pie and had a pint. So, so Adrian Bradley always used to. So Adrian Bradley that runs buds, the, yeah. the buds. 
you know, used to work at Anton Stinnion. He doesn't work anymore, does he? No, no, no. But runs the Welsh Enduro yeah. series, great series. He always used to, I'm going to say, I always used to be him, but we used to get to Mulfrey. He used to beat me at Mulfrey all the yeah. time because he was, a, he used to be a big lad. He, he lost a lot of weight. He was a bodybuilder, wasn't he? Massive. And the weight of him just used to just. Yeah. Take him down. I, I I used to follow him down at Mulfrey. I couldn't keep up with him because mm. the weight of him just he just he just took away from me. I feel loads better on the bike now. I've lost weight actually. Loads better. Just from I just feel more f sort of free really. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? It's weird how the juniors come up. But like Pierre on Pierre on is huge. Yeah, he's, he's a like, big lad. Yeah, but he's not tall. He's, he's only five ten, but he's like built. So how do they? So I've always said like your your little kids like your Danny Hart's and your Josh Bison, even though Josh Bison's grown ten foot, they always relied on their skill. Laurie yeah. Greenland was you had to be the small riders had to be smooth and mm. skillful like that. And I always saw the younger riders, and I always thought this was a big mistake when you saw a younger rider that would win like the national champs or the national series when they were twelve, when they were juvenile or youth. Yeah. It was only because they were seven foot tall. Yeah. Uh, and then they started right. I said they'd start writing checks they couldn't cash because when they started to get to 18, 19, mm. they were going that fast, but they didn't have the skill yeah. where the little guy was smooth yeah. and he had to pump and, and, and really had, he had to rely on his bike skills rather than... The, well, his mate Noah, when he grows, when he hits puberty, yeah. he's going to be yeah, an be absolute yeah. yeah, That's the way it should be. Yeah. So what, how do you think these ex-pros, it, it must be quite difficult for them... When they get to the point where you were saying before about relevance, where they become almost irrelevant, if they, you know, imagine you're like in the limelight, you're fully sponsored up, and then people like PT Warner, they've continued it in a different way, but like then they completely come out of it and they maybe still ride at the weekend. I bet it's quite difficult for them mentally. So people like PT and Warner, and you think even like so Fabian Burrell, Cedric Gracia, who's obviously doing the commentating now for the World yeah. Cup, they've all found a Another little, they've gone off in a different direction, but still in the mountain. But you know, they're, yeah, they're, they're yeah. still with the, the mountain bike blinks on, so they've done well for themselves, and, and they're still earning money. Yeah, you know, people like Brian Lopes and stuff, mm. they're, they're doing great and, and fantastic. Keep keep it up. There's obviously then some other riders that you think, oh yeah, he's brilliant, he's brilliant, he's a great rider, and it's like. Oh no, he's not now. What is he? He's a he's a milkman. Or yeah, he's, or he's a builder or something. I suppose it's a bit like when you see all these famous rock stars, pop pop stars. Yeah, that were in East Seventeen or something that aren't or Steps or something. Yeah, now like they work in a restaurant. Yeah, they work in the local chip shop. Nothing mm. wrong with that. But it's like to go from being super famous and rich and like just the world at your feet and everyone was praised you and you were like a god and now to be like. You turn up at the trail centre and no, imagine that, imagine that now you turn up at the Forest of Dean and you, you know, you get out of your van and, and where before 20 years mm. ago, I can have your autograph, I can have your autograph yeah, and that. Yeah. And now it's like, all right, mate, yeah. I always and, find and they it. Might, and you'd be like, they don't even know where I am, do they? I find it really uncomfortable when I go somewhere and I'm with a rider who's was well known. And then people will come up to me going, all oh, right, it's Jim Hippin TV. Oh, and then they don't even look at that person. I'm like, I feel really... But you would feel bad for me. I do, you? I do, yeah. That's... But yeah, I mean, but it's life, isn't it? It's like, yeah, you know, the, you were there, you were that 20 years ago where people would walk up to them and say hello to them. And, yeah. And look and at like, you and be like, oh. yeah. 
you know, I'm just a piece of shit on you. Yeah. I think we should do our giveaway. Yes. Get towards the end. Um, just, what's on. just to say, obviously, like we said before, this is kind of YouTube only. Just some bits that we've got. So Sai has brought, very kind of him, brought a couple of Maxxis tyres. Mm -hmm. We've got brand new. They, they are both 29. They are both brand new. They are Maxxis Mini and DH rear, 29 times 2.4. We've got an Asagai. An Asagai. So I'd put the Mini and DHR on the, I'd put that on the back. Say so that's about to go on the front. And then me. That's the combo I'm running. Those are bits and pieces. We've got a Cali helmet, trail lead. We have got a, is that Lazine? Oh, Lazine. Lazine. From our friends at Upgrade. Yeah, mini track pump with the digital gauge on it that needs a battery in it. Oh, that's good, isn't it? Some little Stanton stem. Super little, short stem. Little thing, some of the stuff, stuff I've been given. Ah, can I say, right, this is the only thing I abuse on my chain. Oh, really? Rid of all the all the the gunk on it, like yeah. super clean it, like I use petrol, clean it all off, and I've never cleaned my chain in the last three years. I use that squirt yeah. lube. It's a wax based thing, so the water evaporates and just leaves that. It's probably not the most efficient if you're racing the Tour de France, but if you don't like cleaning your chain, nobody yeah. does. That is the only lube I've used in the last three years. I won't use any other lube besides that. Yeah. True, that is true. Not even getting paid for it. Southern Enduro, what do you call those? Necker, Snooze. Snooze. We've got my friend Scott Fitzgerald, good series down there. Yeah. Got an old, uh, I was just not that old, but Todd grew out of, is it medium? Yeah, yeah made a small, that's a Rocky Mountain 40 year edition oh, nice. t shirt. We've got one of our old race socks, which <laughs> you can throw darts at if you want, an eye on one. We keep it pinned on. I think that's a Todd size and just loads and loads of stickers of all sorts, including like some of the big pin stickers. So, well, I'll, I'll tell you what, I even took in two Morgan stickers as well. Three Morgan stickers. We've got loads of the 22 ones in here. <laughs> so, chuck them in as well, and they can root them out, be like a little, little thing. They've got to try and find them. So, that can all go back in. And what I want you to do is in one sentence, and we, we will pick, I'm going to get Thai to pick the winner. I want, to, want you to say in that sentence why you would choose to go to the Mulvans Classic in 2023. And then who will pick the winner and we will announce it. Um, we're going to announce it probably in on the next podcast. Yeah. And we'll, we'll tell you who's won that. So um, that's that. Obviously, we'll send you that out. I think we're about done. I want to just say, just remind folk how they can get all of you on your media. Uh, you know what? I answer my phone. Like my my phone number, my mobile number is on the website on every page. So you can wow. phone me and ask me. Try and like between nine in the morning and seven at night, uh, seven days a week. You can email me site at morvansclassic.com. All my details are on my website. I answer questions. Uh, you're the customer. You're important. So that's it. What about? Uh, oh, well, we've said already, haven't we? Malvern's Classic on Instagram and um, yeah. Facebook. Yeah, at Malvern's Classic. Just check it out. I don't have an Instagram myself because I'm not like famous enough or good enough or I don't want one. <laughs> I thought you had got one. I did. I don't go on it anymore. Okay. Don't even mention it. But yeah, no. Yeah. So it just leaves me to say thank you very much to Sai for coming. Very much appreciated. Thanks for Tweaks for having us again in this amazing set. And thank you to you guys for listening or watching or both. And we'll see you on the next one. Till then.
keep it pinned. Thank you.